in the vast kingdom of Businesslandia, amidst the towering fortresses of corporations and through the enigmatic forests of market share, there emerges a quest like no other. Welcome, brave marketing leaders, to CMO Convo. And our quest today explores the realms of influence and marketing through the wisdom of Michael Giacconi, founder and CEO of commerce tech company, Button. The chief topic, that the current state of influence and attribution isn't up to task. In this episode, we explore why this is a huge problem for both brands and influencers, and what needs to be done to fix this major issue. Hi, Mike. Welcome to CMO Combo. How are you doing today? I'm great, Will. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor to be here and excited for today's conversation. I'm very excited for this conversation because it's it's one that we haven't really touched on in the show before, and that's working with influencers. Obviously, it's a huge part of marketing these days, no matter what industry you're in. I think pretty much every vertical has some form of influence in marketing these days. So it's obviously going to be something that's very relevant to our community. But before we start digging into sort of the juicy details to do with that, Mike, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your background and why this topic you think is so important that we need to be talking about today? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you again for, for having me today. And and my name uh, is Mike Ciccone. I'm the founder and CEO of Button. Uh, we're a mobile experience platform. We focused really on on, on a mission, which was to convert the economic infrastructure of the internet from an ad-dominated experience to one that is powered by commerce and outcomes that matter. What we mean by that is that we really saw a ton of proof points and successes emerging in China and in India and in these markets where the advent of the digital era was the device, the mobile device, not the computer. And what we saw happen there is that a lot of that economic infrastructure was actually built on top of commerce, not on top of ads. And and it's a better system. It's a better monetization system for this. And and so looking back when I started this company and the ideas of it almost a decade ago, you know, we were looking at our future in the US and in the West and saying, like, we could do better. And that was what we set out to build in this company. So what we do and propel is really help marketers fix and build solutions to challenges that hinder their ability to drive commerce inside their most performing experiences, their apps. We build bridges into experiences that users otherwise find difficult to navigate. And we ensure that consumers get the best possible experience and marketers get the best possible bang for their buck. And that's what the platform is dedicated to. And we count as customers, the biggest retailers, the biggest marketers in the world, from Uber to Sam's Club to uh, many other uh, of the leading global retailers, because many of them have identified that their current investment in various marketing channels is not yielding okay, the results okay. that they need. And our platform fixes that for them. And you know, one of those channels that's emerging today that's got a ton of excitement and enthusiasm behind it is the influencer channel. And so influencers are becoming more and more a part of CMO's conversations. Uh, the influencer is often considered the new form of media. You're seeing explosions in platforms like TikTok that are garnering you know, more usage and more visibility than all other media combined. And so you think about these things and, and the aggregators of this volume of traffic are these creators, these influencers. And a lot of the marketing strategies that are built to support and rely on that on those creators uh, is challenged. Sorry. 
worries. Headphones, um, headphones. So, um, yeah, but, but before we start digging into a bit more of the juicy details, um, let's just lay a bit more of sort of foundational work. Now, obviously, I think everyone's aware of sort of the impact of influencer marketing on B2C, on e-commerce, on all that kind of stuff. But it's equally relevant in B2B these days as well. There's huge numbers of B2B influencers out there that are delivering massive results for the, the companies they're with. Like, they're, they're, what are your perspectives on this sort of rise of the B2B influencer? You know, I think that the, you know, gamut of influencer types are being seen today and more are on the come. And and what I mean by that is, you know, we're seeing what are popularizations of traditional models of influencing, where you see a product showcased by a specific, you know, influencer and then purchased by users, those purchases driving revenue for an influencer. You're seeing influencers graduate to now becoming business owners. Look at Ryan Reynolds with his involvement with Aviation Gin, with Mint, with these companies and using his status and aura and celebrity, you know, to be able to drive value, not only to sell, sell one product, but to sell a business. And so whether it's B2B or B2C, you know, I think we're just in, you know, the beginning innings of this because it's a model that's worked forever. But it's worked in kind of a uh, in in unrelated financial exchange, I would say, where brands have just paid sponsorship dollars to big, you know, celebrity uh, endorsers. And uh, and if you think about that model, it's one that's worked forever. Uh, but now that the digital economy is becoming such a you know core and vital part of the global economy you're now having new models emerge that can propel these types of creators and influencers in in exciting new ways today i think whether it's sponsorship commissioning on sales or brand ownership you know those are the models that we know of but i think in the future there's going to be influencer and creator based models where those creators those influencers are sharing in on ad revenue are sharing in on the value they drive per impression. And I think that's where things are going to get really interesting because you're going to see these new economic structures emerge that today, you know, are brand new. Definitely, definitely. I think as well, like, yeah, it's, it's only become, going to become more prominent in B2B as well as this as Gen Z enters the workforce and starts being the decision makers within these companies. These are people who have grown up doing all that B2C purchasing around uh, influencers. So why wouldn't they do the same in their business lives as well? Like, it makes sense for them to want to, if they trust a way of purchasing things in B2C, why wouldn't they trust us the same in B2B as well? Agreed. Agreed. I think you're totally right. And I think um, I think that's going to be a trend that we're going to see emerge here soon. But before we do get to that point, uh, Mike, um, influencer marketing, we've established it is super powerful, but it's not working hundred percent efficiently there are certain issues with it what are the big challenges facing the influencer marketing landscape at the moment i think there's three overarching challenges one the influencers are largely mobile and their traffic is largely mobile and the experiences that shoppers have after being influenced are largely poor shopping experiences that's one problem two I think attribution is still littered with challenges. I think many of these influencers are not getting the credit that they're due from the retailers that are receiving their sales and receiving their traffic. And three, 
Influencers by nature are sole proprietors. Oftentimes, they don't have the engineering resources or the product resources to build, to test, to innovate solutions that can help them drive more value, increase their revenue. And as a result, retailers also don't have the resources to give or to provide a lot of that infrastructure or technology horsepower that is required to innovate, to test, to experiment, and to prototype. And so I think those are three fundamental challenges that are facing the influencer community and the marketers that are investing in it. Let, let, let's start at the top with sort of this, this shopping experience idea, because from my, from, at least from what I was aware of, I, I thought a lot of platforms these days were building in shopping experiences in really effective ways. Like TikTok has Shopify built into it. Instagram has a lot of shopping marketplaces built into it. So what is the problem? What is the disconnect here that's going on? Yeah. You know, I think really the 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 points you made, Shopify being integrated, many of these, you know, large platform apps have taken an approach that they want all shopping to occur within their borders. I think fundamentally what the challenge is is that most shoppers shop at big retail sites. And what that means is that if they're shopping in mobile, they should be shopping in the mobile apps of those retailers. And where we've found the biggest user experience breakdown is like you and I, we probably have the apps where we make most of our purchases installed on our phone, whether that is the Amazon app, the Walmart app, the Samsung app, the Uber app, the Expedia app. And with that said, if we are a shopper and we're clicking on an experience from an influencer to go shop at one of those retailers, shouldn't we be opening the app of that retailer to make that purchase versus the experience most users have today, which is they click on an influencer post rather than opening the app where they have their address, their payment details, their authentication preloaded, they go into a mobile web view. That mobile web view within the social media application doesn't store any authentication, doesn't enable them to have their credentials loaded, and you have to start the process anew. If you do log in, oftentimes you lose the product that you were looking at. And so the experience, the conversion rates are dramatically different. And when using technology that we put in market, our retailers on social media traffic the increases in conversion of three to 400%. And the reason for that is because we build the technology that builds the bridge from the social media application to the large retailer app. And we make that seamless for the user. Getting them in to the best experience to shop, which is typically the app, gives the marketer value because the marketers see their highest value, highest LTV users inside their app also gives the user the experience where they don't have to log in, they don't have to enter new payment details, they don't have to enter their address, and it reduces the number of taps, in some cases from near 200 clicks down to three or four to make a purchase. So as a marketer, as head of CMO Alliance, I'm sure you appreciate (laughs) 200 to four is a big difference. And so that's really something that we focus on, you know, as a business is, you know, can we fix, can we fix this experience, make the user journey enjoyable and seamless? And if so, all parties will win. Definitely, definitely. I find a lot of the times when you when you're going onto these, the mobile websites within a social media app, one of the big problems I see is they're not re- the what sites aren't really optimized to be displayed on these like interior 
social media browsers. Like if you click onto a mobile link on LinkedIn, for example, I know it's not necessarily a, a commerce thing, but I'm just using that as an example. I find a lot of times it doesn't load a lot of media. It doesn't load a lot of the stuff that CMOs and marketers have put a lot of work into putting on these websites. So it's a, sometimes it feels just like wasted effort. Totally. Having these having these links to websites within the mobile. Right. So I could, so is it, is, is it just about making sure that there's a bridge built or is there a way we can optimize mobile sites that work on these social media apps? The, the real belief is that the apps, if you have an app and if the user has the app installed, there's going to be no experience that will compare to the app experience in terms of conversion rates, authentication of your identity, of your payment credentials, your shipping you know, uh, uh, details. And that's what we have seen over years and years of optimizing web experiences to the best of our ability. Nothing compares to the app. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I think there might be some issues with sort of data protection here. Is that something that needs to be concerned about, like sort of sharing data between these different apps and stuff? Or is that something that can be overcome? Yeah, exactly. And I think I think one of the things that's most important is that you have an ability as, you know, a marketer to take any identity and strip it out of how you are doing your attribution and your methodology uh, around that. And I think that that is where a a ton of progress is being made. I know in companies like Button that have an ability to uh, create a fully anonymized journey that uh, will allow a marketer to have visibility into attribution. Same thing, you know, in in how we view the world is that users are interested in their data, not going out into a massive sea of identity pools and being used to retarget and pilfer. But consumers are excited about the influencers that are driving sales, you know, because of their influence, seeing remuneration. And so I think what you have to do is ensure that the models that you apply in how you work as a marketer preserve that anonymity for a consumer while also enabling you as a marketer to withstand uh, the changes that are being you know, pushed by the large platforms. And we've enabled a number of capabilities in our platform to address those challenges. And frankly, as a result, you know, the business is seeing faster growth today than ever in history because of our privacy first stance you know, as it relates to identity um, and the associated attribution with, alongside of it. And and if you're a brand that has these kinds of systems in place that guarantee that kind of data protection, influencers are going to be more willing to work with you as well because they exactly. are going to be able to trust you. They're going to be able to trust that their audience isn't going to be getting themselves into situations they might not be comfortable for, with that might cause them to lose that audience as well. So that level of trust, it's not just with the consumer, it's with the influencers as well. A hundred percent. And it's interesting because a lot of these retail marketers actually treat their influencers almost as like a subset of consumers, you know, they're similar, there's less of them, but they're similar in that they're, you know, largely single people, you know, operating uh, these businesses and you, you know, have to have to cater to them like another body, another constituency, you know, in, in, in your own motions as a marketer. Definitely, definitely. Um, you mentioned attribution there, and that's always a hot topic on the show. CMO Alliance loves talking about attribution. What are the issues with attribution when it comes to influencer marketing? Because 
it, isn't it as simple as oh this many sales have come through click-throughs there that's how much money the influencer gets like how like what are the sort of like, the issues that you're seeing in the, the world of attribution at the moment it, it it should be that easy and what we're seeing happen often is that the crux and the biggest challenge most companies face are these app and web link routing decisions. Certain cases, what you have is a token that's passed from one experience to another is dropped when an app is opened. Or worse, if a user is navigating into the web and they're not within the browser experience of the social media application, again, you'll see any token fidelity be lost. And there are you know, components preserving identity, you know, uh, protections in place, but you need to be able to enable a source of traffic to see remuneration in these models. And by doing, you know, what you can to stitch a privacy first approach on token passage has to be pursued. And many of the companies, many of the social media businesses, you know, have it become very difficult for creators to maintain that attribution, you know, through clicks outbound uh, from their properties. And so that's something that we navigate and Buttons built, you know, an ML solution that can identify where a user experience is gonna break down or where attribution will be lost and create the models that will enable that to uh, be preserved in a privacy first way. And so, And so where we see breakdowns you know, we know that creators and influencers are losing double digit, triple digit, you know, when you do the multipliers on what they could be earning um, of, of what's available to them. And so this is a big systemic issue, not only on user experiences, which like you as the shopper can see and feel and experience, but also on the attribution side, which is like preserving the models that these, you know, in many cases, influencers have their livelihood, you know, built upon. And I know a lot of, I'm not going to say, actually, that's a lie. I don't know a lot of CMOs like this. I hope there's not many CMOs like this, but I'm sure there are CMOs out there thinking, oh, what does it matter if we're not paying influencers what they're worth? Like, surely that's a saving for us. Like, surely that's well, going to benefit us. Well, I actually think that's a great question because I would say five, six years ago, when we first were coming into uh, the market and coming you know, out of uh, stealth as a business, that was a conventional thought. Hey, it's cheaper. And we said, but that means that, you know, people on the other side, businesses or creators are, are getting screwed. And, um, and what I would tell you is that over the past four or five years, and I, and I had this kind of faith in humanity, but also like faith in the Darwinian process, which was people, you know, get smarter, uh, and people evolve, uh, that, that has shifted. Now people want the visibility where they can get it. They need to give the credit where it's due, whether that is to the internal marketer who deserves credit for the sales they're driving or to the external influencer who should be, you know, remunerated and compensated for what they're doing. And I, and I think that that, you know, theory or conventional, belief you know from years ago has 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 finally expired in the interest of deeper insights better experiences and the importance of treating creators and influencers well because now they wield a ton of power i think it's down to sort of like how the influencer market has evolved as well i think as you're saying like five or six years ago sorry i think the big conception of 
what an influencer was. You're thinking like the Kardashians, whereas people just getting given products to endorse on their Instagram, getting paid ridiculous amounts of money for it, that kind of thing. Whereas the influencer marketplace these days is more about sort of like these micro influencers, these people who are real experts who are creating real valuable content. You look at sort of like the influencers on TikTok, even with like makeup brands and cosmetic stuff, they're doing really, really in-depth tutorials. They're helping out people from very, very like, very, very difficult and different parts of life as well. So making sure that we're paying them for the value that they're providing is incredibly important, just as you make sure you pay your employees the value they're providing to the company as well. Yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, I, I used to be really close to the folks at the wire cutter, um, which I considered, you know, an influencer, even though it's a business, because they would provide the technical, you know, and very, very detailed reviews of every product, you know, you could, you could imagine. And, and now you have what the wire cutters done kind of being replicated by independent, you know, TikTok and uh, Instagram creators. And to your point, you know, every writer at Wirecutter was a micro influencer in their own right. And, and I think that trend is, you know, here to stay. I think what's going to be exciting about it is the evolution of technology around those creator experiences and what they can do and the value that they can see for their influence. Definitely, definitely. So let, let's talk about some steps that we can take to sort of bridge this attribution gap at the moment. So what what are sort of like the key areas that need to be focused on to sort of really make sure that we, well, yeah, make sure we know that A, we're paying influencers what they're worth and B, influencers are delivering what we think they should be delivering as well. Yeah, I think I think number one is, you know, ensure that the app is not a forgotten part of your attribution model for this channel. Now, most of this, you know, influencer channel is uh, measured by affiliate. Affiliate is typically the marketing channel that influencer remuneration compensation comes from. And many retailers don't have an app strategy with this channel of marketing. And so as a result, uh, it is vital uh, to be able to set that up and make sure that um, it was uh, a solution built for this channel. Um, and so that's one thing that that the uh, marketers can do. Uh, once that is uh, endeavored upon and that app is a component fully integrated uh, with their you know uh, affiliate, marketplace or partnership marketplace software, um, those companies that are typically the underlying infrastructure of influencer compensation are Impact, CJ, Partnerize, um, AWIN, uh, and those are the major players globally, Rakuten, um, and and they all you know utilize various solutions in the mobile ecosystem. I think Button is uh, by far the leader in that category as uh, players that retailers can work with. And we've partnered with every one of those marketplace and networks to enable their apps uh, of their retailers to be equipped so that this attribution can work properly. Um, that's that's step one. Step two is I think that there just needs to be explicitness in how much focused you know the the influencer market is going to get from the various channels within a marketing department. And I think that the attribution models that currently work with 
you know, the creators and influencers are largely geared to measure the direct sales. Some marketers like to also sponsor and do co-branding with marketers that is not measured in the same direct format. And I think that there needs to be a mix, you know, and a, and a decision by a company on how to really uh, attribute ROI to the influence, you know, that that these partners of theirs, you know, will deliver. And then I think, you know, making sure that whatever platform you use to equip your app and solve the attribution and user experience challenge, that you're always experimenting, always prototyping and testing new things with whatever resources you can either you know, marketers face challenges. This, you know, the CMO Alliance, I'm sure it has a recurring theme, which is under-resourced, you know, and being asked to do more with less every month, every quarter, every year. Yep. And, and as a result, you know, one of the things that I believe, you know, Buttons platform enables at, uh, at a different level than anything I've seen Thank in market you, is the ability to experiment. Take every user experience, every click from, let's say, Instagram and treat it in one way. Every okay, click from a publisher or influencer named, you know, let's say, hey, we've got, you know, Will is a great influencer. He sells great shirts because he's got like great that. style. We're going to na- make all of the clicks from Will's traffic do something different. This is all capabilities that Buttons platform gives to marketers. And through that, we've seen incredible incredible learnings derived that we can show a specific audience type a coupon to get them to convert. We see that some audience doesn't convert well, so we can show a high monetizing experience that will drive the retailers, retail media revenue. These are all things that you can experiment with that, um, you know, if you're trying to rely on an influencer or on the retail marketers, you know, the retailers marketing team, it's going to be really hard to do just because the resources aren't there. So that's that's another solution that I would say. You know, fix the user experience, fix the attribution, and begin prototyping and testing in ways that could yield, you know, a ton more value. Definitely, definitely. Firstly, to any brands out there who do want to work with me as an influencer, hit up my Instagram. Um, but back to the topic at hand. That following, that following is building. <laughs> we're getting there, we're getting there. Um, and Mike, I, I imagine that having this kind of more flexibility to experiment, this ability to sort of try out new things as well. It's going to allow you a lot more freedom when it comes to working with your with CMOs to work with their internal stakeholders. They're going to be able to get more buy-in on certain things, be able to work with more interesting influencers and do more interesting campaigns with them because they'll be able to measure things more effectively. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we see this time and again on top of our platform with our customers. And what's really fun too is, you know, this, this is a ever-growing channel. You know, there are more people coming on board. Millions of people are full-time influencers now where, you know, that number was far smaller uh, just two, three years ago. And so this is a channel that is going to continue to to grow. And if, again, we kind of harken back to a lot of the fundamental and underlying beliefs that Button has had as a company, if you want to predict our future, we wrote this article that was featured in TechCrunch uh, years ago, but if you want to predict our future, you look down at your device and you look east to China. And if you look at what's happened in America, in those markets, you know, uh, uh, in the east, you see that the creator and influencer economy is here to stay, and it is growing dramatically. Definitely, definitely. So, Mike, we've um, we've covered the user experience, we covered the um, the attribution problem. 
Um, would you mind reminding us of the third point that you mentioned at the top of the episode? Oh, just experimentation, which we just talked experimentation. about. Oh, we've done that already. Oh, awesome. Um, Mike, so, yeah, the, the future is in the East. What is happening there now that we need to be aware of? Like, what? where is the influencer market going in the next sort of five to 10 years, do you see? Well, I think I think you're going to see the blending of social apps and influencer experiences more and more. Um, I think that the, you know, social apps are largely under fire for their existing advertising models. Uh, and I think that's, you know, partially because Apple, you know, views a lot of the treatment of data from those companies as harmful to consumers. And I think that, you know, one of the ways that these large social platforms can build durable, enduring revenue that is less privacy uh, offensive is to build models that are based on commerce and to drive real outcomes and real value um, for the for both the creators and you know the marketers that want to sell their products. And so I think that's a you know prediction. You'll see, I imagine the TikTok platform become more and more shopping oriented or ByteDance have more and more shopping oriented, you know, solutions in market. Um, and I think that will influence what the other social platforms do. Um, and, um, and so I expect Stand that merger of social and shopping Stand to actually come, even though it's been a buzz topic for, you know, the eight, nine years that, you know, we've been, I've been building button, um, I still think that that has yet to really come to fruition and it's, and it's really gearing up right now. Definitely, definitely. And, and there's plenty of other technologies out there that I think can have a big impact on how we shop online that could be of an interest to the influence of the marketing world. Like you look at altered reality, you look at the, the new Apple headset that's coming out and stuff like that. Like all these are huge opportunities for really exciting influencer engagements. And I think the ways that we can, explore that and find the right partnerships to explore that within interesting influencers and creators it's going to be a very very exciting time to be in retail marketing for sure totally agree i totally agree i think i think uh the future Correct. the future is loaded with opportunity and uh and i think you know what i'm excited and confident about is that button has always built itself on a privacy first platform and mindset but we also have always been just obsessed with driving commerce and the fact that that was going to be the model that enabled all other models to emerge. And so I think that's where, you know, I'm really excited looking, looking down the roadmap and, uh, and looking into the future. Awesome. And I hope the audience is excited for that future as well, Mike. I've really enjoyed this conversation. As I said, we haven't touched enough on influencer marketing on this uh, on the podcast. So really, really I'm thrilled to have you on the show to give your two cents on the this very, very effective and exciting marketing channel that we have access to these days. So thank you very much, Mike. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, and uh, look forward to uh, continuing our conversations together. And uh, and and you know, I'll be checking out your Instagram to see what what shirts I should buy in the future. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks, Mike. And thank you very much to our audience as well. We'll be back soon with some more CMO combos. Like what you heard from this CMO combo? Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a rating so the whole world knows how great it was.